Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Bannon. To our founders, the totality of your private property consists of your land and home, your possessions, the work of your hands, the ideas of your mind, and your life itself. This fundamental belief was in direct conflict with the century-old concept that land, and usually its inhabitants, were the rightful property of the monarch or tyrant who controlled the territory. People in the king's empire were called subjects, not citizens, and paid high taxes in return for land rental and protection. They were subject to the arbitrary rules fabricated by the monarch based on his whims and moods, and were most assuredly, these people were not free. Fortunately, the Constitution's framers gave us a system of government designed to protect and secure individual sovereignty by private property ownership. In the presence of a free market economy, this concept allowed Americans to accumulate wealth to a degree unprecedented in human history. Equal opportunity combined with creativity, resourcefulness, and hard work fueled the promise of success to all. Problems always arise, however, from mankind's inability to live by the golden rule, or adhere to a very basic live and let live philosophy. The creators of egalitarian societal and socialist plans invariably imagine themselves as the new lords of the manor. There is no transformation of society, but rather a wealth transfer and a swapping out of dictators. The common people always lose. In the end, it's all about private property as defined by our nation's founders. Your land and home, your possessions, the work of your hands, the ideas of your brain, and your life itself. The American progressive movement found its origins a century ago among the wealthy robber barons of the industrialized North. Socialist ideologues united with these trust fund hypocrites and patiently corrupted the, the elected and bureaucratic functions of government to promote a system of self-profit at the expense of our individual freedoms. 
for decades, the primary tool was aggressive use of environmental regulations, such as the Endangered Species Act, National Environmental Policy Act, and Antiquities Protection Acts to prevent citizen public access to millions of acres of land. In some instances, property was stolen outright from private individuals. Some landowners could not use their own land due to oppressive regulations and penalties, even though they retained nominal ownership. In addition, federal government agencies prohibited access and public use of the land they confiscated. All of these uses, regulations, and land confiscation plans are based on the primary principle of Marxist philosophy that the private ownership of land must be forbidden. For example, here is the preamble to Agenda Item 10 of the 1976 United Nations Conference on Human Settlements that was held in Vancouver, Canada. And here I quote, land cannot be treated as an ordinary asset controlled by individuals and subject to the pressures and inefficiencies of the market. Private land ownership is also a principal instrument of accumulation and concentration of wealth and therefore contributes to social injustice. If unchecked, it may become a major obstacle in the planning and implementation of development schemes. The provision of decent dwellings and healthy conditions for the people can only be achieved if land is used in the interests of society as a whole. Public control of land use is therefore indispensable. And that's, of course, from 1976. Advancing a totalitarian agenda requires stealth and cunning by gradual implementation. implementation. The key to their success is to enact rules and laws that affect the smallest number of people first. That explains regulations and laws that sequester and control access to forest land. Small populations in rural areas don't have the numbers to outvote urban population areas. It is easy to use the Endangered Species Act, NEPA, Antiquities Act, Waters of the U.S., for example, to federalize forest land under the guise of protecting nature from humanity. Once in federal control, forest land can be left unattended and access roads abandoned, which effectively prevents use by humans even without legal barriers. Once forest land is federalized, especially by the, environmental, the Endangered Species Act, it is simple to expand animal habitats and corridors to increase the amount of land removed from public and private use. The goal of the global elite is to herd humans into megacities where human lives are totally controlled by a dictatorial structure of world governance. That plan 
known as the United Nations Agenda 21, now Agenda 30, has been well known and public knowledge for decades. This administration's 30 by 30 program is the Americanized version for totalitarian world governments in which human rights are limited to those granted by the leaders of the corporate political complex. Once again, as part of the swapping out of dictators, the common people, namely you and I, are the losers. After a commercial break, we will return for a meaningful and factual discussion of the current status of forage forest management with my good friend and forest management expert, this is Dr. Dan, and we are back with Howard Hutchinson, expert in forest management, or should I say forest mismanagement. Howard is the executive director of the Coalition of Arizona, New Mexico counties, and I might add from personal experience, a well-respected grill master of wild game. So Howard Hutchinson, it is an honor and privilege to have you as a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Well, it's my honor to, to be a guest on your program, and I look forward to our discussion. Well, Howard, both you and I live rural, so forest management and public access are very important to people like us. So what is the direction now being taken in forest management nationwide uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about things such as poor forest health, decreased access, and increased burn acres, which is not accidental. So let's talk about causation. Is it global warming, Howard? Well, a lot of the claims that you hear these days on the media and from elected officials, that is the claim that global warming is heating up the forest and they are more susceptible to catastrophic wildfire as a result. That's due to them drying out and uh, winds, high winds, uh, catastrophic failures of uh, electrical systems, those kind of things are what are being blamed, but it is not global warming. So as far as you're concerned, then, global temperature change is not really affecting uh, the forest fires that we are, that we're seeing. I don't really know if it's increased in, in, in commonality, but uh, they are blaming global warming. And of course, we all know that it's not global warming. It's it's now climate change because when they claimed the earth was warming, it was actually getting cooler. And when they claimed it was getting cooler, it was actually getting warmer. So it's now climate, climate change, right? Throughout the earth's history, we've had climate change. Uh, we, we've had temperatures, uh, temperature extremes on this planet's surface uh, that would uh, basically boil water. Uh, from that extreme uh, to uh, being covered with ice. 
So climate change is, is something that, that occurs and it occurs on a cycle. What doesn't occur is the density of the forest. And when your forest gets overly dense with growth, it's just like your garden. Those plants don't are compete. They're competing with each other for water uh, and nutrients. And if they are competing, and especially when you have high density in the forest, the trees get weakened. They get susceptible to disease. And they dry out. And if there is an ignition of some sort, the wildfire is going to take off. And this, this, this is not because we have ill-trained firefighters. It's not Mother Nature uh, getting even with urban sprawl, people moving into the forest areas. It's not careless campers or hunters, and it's not kids with matches. This is a direct result of years of forest mismanagement. You know, I want to amplify one thing that you said, because you, you brought on some excellent points. But where, where I am sitting right this moment, 20,000 years ago, was covered with a glacier two miles thick. Uh, that's just 20,000 years is, is nothing compared to the lifetime of planet Earth, which is estimated to be about 2 billion years. I had a geologist on the program once who said, well, you think there's a global warming now? There was a time when the temperature on Earth was 430,000 degrees. I would say that's global warming. So uh, this whole global, and I think we, we ought to talk just briefly about that. It was the facts really don't sustain uh, that man has really any significant effect on climate change, does, do, does it? I think it's the epitome of, of human arrogance that human beings can cause a warming of the atmosphere. And on the converse of that, that we can make it cooler. Uh, we, we are riding on the surface of a planet moving through the universe and that arrogance only plays out in the political sense. Those people who wished to take this issue and use it as a means for gaining control over human beings. Regulation of global temperatures is like the regulation of wild game. And a professor of game management at New Mexico State University starts his game management 101 class off with the statement, you don't manage game, you manage people. That is what gets managed in the game management activities the human beings 
accessing and utilizing that natural resource. So we are looking at utilizing a scare tactic called global warming or climate change as a means to acquire more power in the oligarch's hands. Of course, what always is interesting to me as someone who has a good knowledge of science and the scientific method, um, when you look at the actual scientific facts, if you understand them, the whole, the whole climate change agenda is based on junk science. It has absolutely no basis in true science. I mean, naming carbon dioxide a, po a, a, a poisonous gas is stupid. Uh, just plain stupid. You know, uh, and I'm sure most of my listeners fortunately know, that we as human beings take oxygen in and give carbon dioxide out. And vegetation and plants take carbon dioxide in and through photosynthesis, they not only feed themselves, but they also give oxygen off. And that's a symbiotic relationship between plants and human beings without which both would be dead. And if you don't maintain a certain level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, plants will not live. And if plants die, we die because everything we need to consume is of plant origin. Uh, so from a scientific point of view, the whole concept is just, uh, it's just plain stupid. It shows an ignorance of scientific facts. And as you also know, the number one greenhouse gas is water vapor. Water vapor is roughly 30,000 parts per million in the atmosphere, and it absorbs seven times as much of the heat on Earth as carbon dioxide, which is only about 440 parts per million. Uh, those are facts which are indisputable. Uh, so how do you get people, uh, Howard, to believe facts that are just junk science and fanciful, outright lies? <laughs> it's, uh, to me, uh, it's humorous uh, to a fault. Um, it, and it is, uh, it is part of that arrogance that, that I was talking about, that, you know, the idea that we as a species are not subject to the loss that has occurred to other species in the history of the planet. 99.9% .9 of the species that ever existed on the planet are gone. They're gone. We don't have any guarantee of being anything different than those other species. Um, I think, and I've, I've expressed this uh, to um, environmental radicals, that we, um, we pretend that we're not vulnerable. We could have a super volcano. We could have a, have a comet strike the planet and basically terminate the human species. And 
that at that point, the earth doesn't care. The earth doesn't care that all of those previous species are extinct. It doesn't care. One way or the other. It doesn't care. It doesn't care if we pollute ourselves into non-existence because the earth will continue on. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything, everything, everything gonna be 